Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off in depth conversations in applied geophysics. This is a special episode. Since episode 72, I have been asking guests one question What is one piece of advice you would offer someone that would like to succeed in this field? To celebrate 100 episodes of Seismic Sound Off, I have selected the top 10 responses. In reviewing the responses, common themes repeated throughout. These themes included keeping an open mind and staying flexible. Another common lesson was to continue developing your skills and collaborate with others, especially across disciplines. As 2021 begins, the producers and I hope the advice offered by these top geoscientists provides clarity and insight for your own professional career. Thank you to all the past guests on Seismic Sound Off. We couldn't have made it this far without you. And a special thanks to the producers and contributors to the podcast behind the scenes, including Ted Bakamjan, Jennifer Crockett, Mick Sweeney, Allie McGinnis, Steve Brown, Kelsey Taylor, Lottie Bublitz, John Mead, Kathy Gamble, Eric Uma, Susan Stamm, and Isaac Farley, who helped start this podcast. Enjoy the episode and expect great things right here on Seismic Sound Off in 2021. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? I think the answer is be willing to travel and be willing to, to listen, to listen to other people's ideas. You know, I've been successful, but I've been successful on the back of some real giants in the industry, in my view, who, who I was able to learn from. And I think the ability to listen and understand and, and adapt to ideas along the way is really important. Because I will say then uh, have an open mind because um, most of us may be uh, used to a certain way to work by augmenting our uh, tool with the AI and ML algorithm. It may open a new way how we solve the problem or even uh, look at the problem. You have to be uh, very knowledgeable of uh, what you're doing. So I think um, choosing a group to, to, to work with, you know, you have to understand the method very well. And I think you have to be very focused and uh, also open-minded. I think recently what I discovered is that MT, you know, we people had this view of MT. And by working with it, I discovered by opening my mind and talking to different people, talking to different areas and different fields. I discovered other applications for, for magnetotelluric that people had not thought about before. So I think the main thing is to be open-minded and talk to, to different groups and always look for, to try to solve the, the problem, you know, to look like what is needed, what is needed to solve the problem. And I think that's a good way of uh, succeeding. Well, I think that, a successful career can look very, very different depending on who you are. And uh, to me, it, being successful means sort of success in life and to have a balance between career, family, and just the quality of your life. So that to me has always been what a successful career means. And I think that means that you have to understand that a career path is seldom straight, very, very seldom does 
thing, do things happen the way you had planned them. And you just need to embrace the opportunities that come up and, and make the best of them. And uh, because you can't imagine where you're going to go, it's, it's going to be a wonderful journey. And you just have to make sure you take the opportunities that are offered to you. So to succeed in this field, the first thing that you need to do is figure out a data set that you can work with. That's what I tell everyone. Uh, you cannot succeed in this, data, uh, in this world if you don't have data. So the first thing that you need to do is figure out a data set, a large data set to work with. For example, uh, recently Statoil, which is a Quinor, uh, a year back they released large data set from one of their fields. So that data set is out there. That data set is almost, it has, if I remember correctly, it has almost 100 GB or more worth of data. It has seismic, it has well logging, uh, it has production data. So depending upon what you're interested in, get the data set first. Now, once you have the data set, then start defining your own problems. I'm in academia, and that's what my approach is. I first figure out a data set that I can work with, and then I define problems that have not yet been solved. And then I develop these methods. So in my experience, almost 70% of times, I was able to solve the problem that I defined. 30% of times you will not be able to solve these problems because of the lack of data or maybe the lack of information in the data that you just figured out, right? So figure out the data, then define a problem. And once you have the data and once you have defined the problem, then it's your time to take what you have learned in this course or to borrow advanced tools, advanced methods, and then apply it on your data set. The other thing that I would like to tell you is uh, there are websites such as Kaggle. There are websites like GitHub. They have a lot of examples uh, on using machine learning techniques. Some of those examples, most of those examples are focused on images. They are focused on time series data. So, try to look at those codes which are written in Python. And once you understand those codes, try to apply those codes on your data problem that you just defined. The one advice I would give is continue to learn, to learn skills. And today, quantitative skills are more valuable than, let's say, softer skills, like picking a horizon picking faults, and so forth. Instead, uh, folks who have done well, that I've noticed have done well in my career, are people who can do petrophysical analysis, preconditioned seismic data for inversion, for pre-stack inversion, do geostatistics, uh, do uh, their own interpretation of uh, image logs, and looking for fractures on image logs, people who can correlate, let's say, the number of fractures with seismic measurements, uh, attributes, uh, impedances, Poisson's ratio, using some statistical technique. Uh, the statistical technique could be cross-plotting in Excel. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, using programs like R, so just the letter R, that's a common statistics program or some of the more sophisticated machine learning techniques. 
So those quantitative skills are really important. And then just as important, which does require people skills, is understanding what our customers are after. And in, a, in an oil company, the customers, the people with the money are going to be the engineers. So we have to understand what are the engineers after? How can we communicate with them effectively? That's tough. That takes patience. Uh, it takes uh, a certain amount of uh, willingness to change the way that we think of things. We tend to think of things as with a whole lot of theory based behind it. And the engineers tend to be much more pragmatic, much more worried about efficiency and cost effectiveness than what theoretically would be better. So we've got to learn those, those two things, to be more quantitative and then to be able to communicate to whoever our customers are. Hmm. You know, I think the big one is uh, being flexible and, and somewhat dynamic. I think it's easy to get stovepiped and get really specialized in some things. And um, I know for me personally, I've, I've worked on and in, in very similar stuff for the last 10 years or so. And it's it's easy for me to get my blinders on and uh, and not pay attention to a lot of the other stuff going on and and keep up with what the new trends are and and what folks are working on. But being able to to be flexible and continue to learn new things, I think, would be probably the most important one. My advice has always been to my students, to my mentees, that in life you have to be flexible. I was not trained in biogeophysics. In fact, uh, many people from Dalhousie University where I obtained my PhD don't probably don't even know anything about biogeophysics. But I see myself as a scientist and I tell people, you are a scientist first. You solve problems. And so when you see new problems, do not be afraid, be flexible, entertain new problems. And what you need to do is to determine what skill sets you have that you can bring to the table and work with other people to solve the problems. That's the only reason how I was able to be successful in this area. I was open-minded, open enough to venture out to work with microbiologists. That was not an easy thing to do, but I was able to do it because I had a passion for answering a particular question that baffled the scientific community and I wanted an answer. And the best way I knew how to solve that problem was to engage other people who could bring their expertise to the table so that together we could solve that problem. So that's really my advice. Don't, don't put yourself in a box and say, I am a geophysicist, I'm only a seismologist, or that's what I do. Or I only do electrical techniques in geophysics. What I say is, we are all in school, when you're in college, you are given a course in geophysics that covers all areas of geophysics. So while we may be experts in some particular areas, do not be afraid to venture out. We gotta be open-minded, we solve problems, we should bring to the table the best solutions to solve that particular problem. 
Basically, it's tenacity. Geophysicists are problem solvers. That's what we do. We have a problem, we have physics, and we try to solve the problem. And tenacity is something you have to, you cannot be, as you look forward, you cannot take one failure or two failures as the end of the road. You have to continue to, to work problems, work the issues. You have to look for innovation. You have to continually be open-minded. You have to continually look at what's happening in profession X or profession Y, and how can I use that to develop based on the theory and concepts and, and rules of, of science we have within the geophysical community. How can we look to build, to grow? How can we look to engage? How can we look to collaborate? So I think probably that tenacity, uh, I think innovativeness, I think uh, problem solving, these are all things that, as I look forward, these are things that you have to maintain, you have to grow those skills, and you have to continually look at everything with a, with a different eye than you looked at the last project. Everything has a slightly different view, and you have to keep that open-mindedness as you go forward. I would say uh, don't be scared to, to speak up. When, when I started my career, I was terrified of uh, speaking out at meetings. So I made uh, an effort to chair meetings because it was a good experience to, to get out there in front of people. And um, never be afraid to ask a question. There's probably somebody else in the audience that's thinking the exact same thing as you. So uh, be brave, take risks, and take as many opportunities as you can to present. Thank you for listening to SEG's flagship podcast, Seismic Sound Off. SEG produces these episodes to benefit its members, the geophysics community, and inform the public on the value of the science. To show your support for the show, please share this episode with a friend, colleague, or manager that would enjoy hearing this show. Your recommendation is the single best action you can take on behalf of SEG's podcast. Go to the website at seg.org forward slash podcast to find all the episodes and learn how you can subscribe for free directly on your phone. Original music by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by Andrew Gary at 51 Features. The SEG podcast team is Ted Bakomjian, Jennifer Crockett, Ali McGinnis, and Mick Sweeney. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.